Okay, Justin, so that was a fantastic answer. Um, it was a really thorough um, walkthrough of how to manage a patient with decompensated heart failure. And you also touched on how to manage them as they started to approach discharge, which I thought was very good. Um, I think what I really liked here was the structure that you had to a lot of your answers. And I think that made everything flow a lot easier. And it made me as the examiner feel reassured that you had a clear uh, a clear, uh, clear, dogmatic approach to use for patients, um, which is nice to see. Um, so we'll talk through a few, of the, a few of the things that you did well and a few very small things I think could be improved as well. Um, but initially your approach to differential diagnosis, fantastic, nothing really is common there. I love the fact you split up into cardiac respiratory uh, causes and even then subsplit those even further, which I thought showed a really good depth of knowledge. Um, and then your assessment of the patient, I thought it was fantastic, the fact that you dwelt and thought about doing history, taking a history first, and that's not something all candidates uh, might think of, they might go straight to the A to B assessment. And although this patient is uh, mildly hypoxic, one could say, you know, make sure she's safe and she's got some oxygen because I can see from my that she's hypoxic, and then think about taking a bit of a history as well as taking a collateral history. If I was to go one step further, other things that I might have thought about is really outlining that this is a 72-year-old lady um, who may have significant comorbidities. So what would be nice to hear for an absolute you know, gold star, gold star five out of five point would be to say, she obviously is now getting short of breath, just walking a few metres. Um, I'd like to ascertain what her normal um, exercise tolerance is. And also it'd be lovely to hear the words MYHA class. Um, so you know, what's her MYHA class? Um, NYHA class now and what was it prior um, and that's a good way to monitor response to treatment and also I think getting an idea of someone's ability uh, their exercise tolerance what they have to do for themselves and living situation is a good marker of their escalation um, the, the appropriateness of their escalation plan and it would have been a very high performing candidate who's acting at registrar level uh, would think about this patient's escalation status. And I don't think there's anything to suggest that they wouldn't be full escalation, but it's worthwhile just having that thought and making sure the examiner knows that they're thinking like that. But that really is you know, slightly beyond what the question was asking, but it would be nice to hear. Um, I also uh, like the fact that you talked about the ECG and actually said, you know, the fact that they've got anterior Q waves may mean they've had a prior uh ischemic event and that is that is very important i think that's uh a level of etg analysis that's quite important um here um moving on your a2 assessment was very good um i thought you uh and what i did like about your initial management of the patient is that you position the patient at 45 degrees actually in terms of ate assessment uh again very thorough um and it's getting more succinct. I think you know, having heard lots of A2 assessments, it could be made even more succinct, um, but no, it's very strong. Um, and you talked about, uh, you talked about situation at 45 degrees, which I thought was very good. The other things one could think about is um, uh, just involving other members of the team, so the nursing team, uh, you could have mentioned whether the patient needed catheterization or not. I can't remember if you did, but it's useful thing to remember. Um, investigations, you'd mentioned most of them. The only one extra one that we could have mentioned was an echo. Um, but otherwise, you went through investigations and wide asked them uh, very well, which I thought was good. So I like your point out the BMP 
both being diagnostic and prognostic uh, to help prognosticate how bad their fluid overload is. Um, <clears throat> and then we talked about your treatment and again, I thought it was very good. Again, I just, you mentioned it later, actually, you talked about fluid balance and fluid output. So just be very careful with the terms. The terms are slightly different. I know you know this, but just make sure that you're very clear when you're speaking about them. So fluid inputs is how much fluid a patient takes in. And you talked nicely about fluid restriction. I thought it was lovely. Fluid output is how much fluid, uh, the, the urine output and insensible losses. Um, and then fluid balance is obviously the difference between, between the two. And I think later on you said we're looking for fluid, aiming for a fluid output of 0.5 to 1 litre, whereas actually it's a, you're aiming for a fluid balance of negative uh, 0.5 to 1 litre over 24 hours. So just when you talk about, if you're talking about targets for um, either weight loss in heart failure or fluid balance, make sure you A, use the right terms and B, quantify over what time period. So, you know, you can either say I'm aiming for a urine output of x mils per hour so yeah 50 mils per hour at least i think um or you could say and i think the easier thing the best thing to say is aim for a, a fluid balance of net negative 0.5 to 1 liter uh and same for weight so you're aiming for a weight loss of 0.5 to 1 kilo per day per 24 hours so you need to have that time frame on it as well you've got your targets um i liked the fact you went through the medications Really good that you counsel about the SGLT2 inhibitors and the risk of um, urinary infections. I thought it was very good and good level of knowledge. You could have talked a bit more about, um, obviously, when we start ACE inhibitors and beta blockers and spironolactone, you could have just have it home if, you know, in a structured way. The things I'm going to look at when I'm starting these are the patient's blood pressure, the patient's heart rate, and they're using these, especially their potassium, because both ACE inhibitors and MRAs can independently increase potassium and beta blockers and asymptomatists can reduce the patient's blood pressure. And that's, you know, I think all you need to say, but just having a, a clear and succinct way about how you talk about half element is a worthwhile thing to have practised. Um, handover again was very good. The only point was about the nitpicky points about the fluid balance versus fluid output, but actually a very good handover. And I really like the fact that you not just said, didn't just say, can you assess this patient? You actually said what the aim and the point of the assessment was for. Um, which I thought was very good. Um, so all, all in all, a very, very strong answer uh, for how to manage an inpatient with heart failure. So anyone listening, I'll definitely go back and uh, rewatch Justin's answer. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you.